when you're part of an oppressive community, the anger is always valid. But we're looking to take a different route. The beyond the talk, though, is really like solutions. So these are kind of overarching solutions, things that have been in the talks. Klesha and I are really more interested in where do we go from here? Like, how do we advance as a community? We're going to talk about problems and issues and then be about that action to make change happen. So you're listening to Beyond the Talk, and we're not feeling sorry for ourselves today. Instead, we're becoming the change we want to see. Tell me about it. Oh, (laughs) so my my current event is about a COVID-19 vaccine coming from drug giant Pfizer, and they have just reported from a small study that they have a 90% effective rate in stopping the infection. So just a little context, in the US, we have reached the grim milestone of 10 million cases of COVID. And we have over 237,000 deaths. And just to put even more context around around this, 9-11, there were like 12,000 deaths. And the the amount of grief that came out of that day and that we still honor and recognize, I just do not feel that same energy coming from this 237,000 death number. And just a little unsettled by that. But anyway, just to go back, just go into the event in detail, the analysis that they looked at So only 94 cases out of 43,000 volunteers who got either two doses or the vaccine placebo, only 94 of them, you know, got COVID. And so that means, and then of those 10% of that 94, so that's where roughly about nine people, the people who were given vaccine, they only had 10% of infection rates, but the people who were given a placebo had 90% of the cases so basically the rest of the 94 minus nine and so just to break that down the vaccine have had a a efficacy rate higher than 90 percent at seven days after the second dose so that is telling people that protection is achieved 28 days after a person begins the vaccine vaccination and you have to get two doses of this vaccination. Now this is pretty good news because the US Food and Drug Administration said it would expect at least 50% efficacy from any coronavirus in this um, mm. coronavirus vaccine. Yeah. Like in the and stage th- we are we're in, like only like, you know, coming out of the first year. Well not even out of the first year. Right? Um, is that what they're saying? No, I think like, I think just in general, general? they were just like yeah. at this point we willing to take anything with the efficacy rate at at least 50%. And that's crazy because yeah. that's low. And is it so surprising or is it like, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, um, we are very advanced. And I mean, the last time we did have a pandemic, I, I don't know how long it took to get that vaccine, but it was some time ago. <laughs> So is it, is it surprising that it is so effective or are we finally, you know, reaping the, reaping the benefits of a high advanced society? Mm. Mm. 
good take on that. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm just wondering. I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. really good, though. I hope. Um, did they mention any side effects? No, you know, they, they only mentioned the good news, but I'm sure like <laughs> in a, in a Google Scholar paper that gets published a couple months from now, they'll definitely, uh, you know, note all the limitations. Mm, you know, I think I'm gonna look it up and just have it for next episode. Cause I'd like to know. I'm so iffy about, um, I mean, it's just good to know though. Cause of course they're not going to have that information out there, but it is nice to have something out here that's gonna be beneficial is what it looks like. Um, are you, um, I know some people right, are against getting, some people are against getting vaccinated or at least several months ago, that's how people felt. Are, are you gonna get a vaccine, Klaisha? Well, <laughs> um, yes, but I am also aware that I'm not going to be the first wave to get the vaccine. So we're going to have like a front row seat on how this affects um, front of the line workers, like healthcare mm -hmm. workers are going to be I the first that. to get it. The elderly are just going to get, you know, people at yeah. risk. So I'm kind of just like holding my breath, looking at them, like, are y'all going to be okay? And also just to think about you know, those 43,000 volunteers, like they already signed up to get a mm. vaccine that may or may not work. Mm. So I think I'm going to sign up to get the one that, you know, that works in that, you know, hundred percent. Right. That has the highest efficacy <laughs> rate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, Shoot, I mean, reporters, y'all the front lines, you might get it first. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so my current event, uh, has to do with black women. Um, actress Eva Longoria has apologized for and clarified controversial remarks she made during an MSNBC interview after many accused her of downplaying the pivotal role of black women in the president-elect Joe Biden's election win. <sighs> and I, I bring this up because I mm. feel like this year there's been a lot of uh, conversation and attention just on Black women, period, whether it's within our own racial group or it's like in America. But we all know Black women have had a pivotal role in 2016's election and this election's. I mean, we've seen the results. But okay. um, I know people were very quick to uh, kind of not jump on her for a lack of uh, better phrasing. But I think it's a very sensitive time for Black women. It's a very sensitive time. I mean, you see it in our entertainment. You see it in the pol political environment. But solidarity is important. I mean, what is your take on it? You know, at this point, I'm, I'm at the level of talk to me nice. You know, as a Black woman, y'all better come correct because we've done entirely too much for you to misstep or misspeak on, you know, what we do. So I appreciate that she did apologize because it did point to a complete misstep. The way she did say it, she downplayed, you know, Black women's role. But at the same time, you're bringing up that good point of solidarity where it's important not to cancel her. Like, it's important for us to her to see that she misstepped, she misspoke, and she didn't mean what she, how, how it came out. 
Mm-hmm. And and not only did she admit the mistake, I love how she, you know, added like I aspire to be like black women. You know, I aspire that our movement is like the black um woman movement. And I'm paraphrasing, but she was just getting at that notion that like, no, I am I am no ways downplaying black women. I was just trying to point and compare to you know how latinos latinas compare to black women in terms of the their cultures and how they're head of the family um but yes i think admitting is a huge part because there are people who definitely won't even admit or you know apologize for what they said so i think it's Mm -hmm. you know important to recognize apologies and you know somewhat try to have solidarity like um I I already have my own opinions about solidarity. Um, it could it's a very complex <laughs> um, action, but <laughs> um, <Ooh-wee. laughs> it's I mean it's am I wrong? It's very complex. It's um, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't always are, think solidarity is you know a fifty fifty thing. Um, I I believe black people have a tendency to be in solidarity with a lot of people. And it only makes sense because black people have been through so many traumatic things. And I'm not talking about slavery. I'm talking about the years after slavery, mass incarceration, the infiltration of drugs in the neighborhoods. Like we've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's very easy for us to see an oppression over here, see an oppression over there. But we have to remember that you know, white superiority or like that white supremacy message is still going out to all different races and ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And so not everyone of different ethnic groups really see the greatness in Black people. You know, some of them also, mm-hmm. you know, they may think, well, they're lazy or, you know, they're taking up space. Yeah, like they might feed into that narrative. That yes, white they, they narrative. feed into the message that's being put out there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's critical to be aware of you know, who you're in solidarity with. Um, But yeah, that was all about the current event. (laughs) But yeah, I just wanted to give y'all a little dive. Oh, sorry. Yeah, just a little dive into how we'll get the podcast started. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so uh, if if you don't know by now, you are listening to the Beyond the Talk podcast. And this is not the Feel Sorry for Yourself podcast. Yeah, we're not going to talk about, pro- we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about problems and issues and then be about that action to make change happen. Yes, this is very action oriented. I mean, even looking at the phrase beyond the talk, we talk about a lot of issues, which is valid. Um, oppressed communities, you know, it feels good to share your experiences with people, but Klaisha and I are really more interested in where do we go from here? Like, how do we advance as a community? How do we, you know, get better? I don't think we all want to sit in misery because it's not fun. Yeah, definitely. We want to do more than that. Yes, but now we got to introduce ourselves. Yeah, the fun part, it is Klaisha. So a little bit about me is right now I am at UNC Charlotte in the health psychology doctoral program and with the concentration in community and I really want to be a community psychologist. So I'm just trying to put y'all on game on issues related to the Black community and 
or what we can do to solve them because I love my black people. And this podcast is just another way of creating access to information in a meaningful, productive way. Like every day I'm in this program learning about things that I'm like, dang, I wish my community knew this. Dang, I wish I knew they knew something about this so we could do something about it. And I just, I just hope this podcast is a way to do that. Um, no, this podcast will be a way to do that. And, you know, my hope is that when you're done listening, you can use what you've learned to be the change you want to see. So, yeah. Ooh, I like your intro. <laughs> Thanks. You're such a great person. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to try to level up to you. <laughs> so, <What>? everyone... <laughs> My name is Nicole Renee. Um, most would believe I'm a journalist, but I consider myself a storyteller. So just giving you a little bit of background, I went to school for journalism, got my uh, bachelor's and my master's, but as soon as I entered the work field, I wasn't too impressed or comfort comfortable with the narratives, especially about Black communities that were living in the newsrooms. And I wasn't also comfortable with the, the narratives with uh, pointing out the problems, especially uh, in these same communities. And so I kind of took to solutions journalism. And like we said, we're all about solutions. So the media plays a pivotal role in how you think, how you act, what you do, like everything. And so what I love about this podcast is that we are focused on solutions that will advance really any community that is oppressed. Um, so I, I hope y'all enjoy, and most of y'all, I hope you feel inspired. Wow, my co-host is amazing. <laughs> Chill. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fangirling. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to move, for, move forward with how we got here, because it was, it was like, was it by surprise, or it was just like a random day we were on Instagram? talking yes. you you could take yeah, it away then I, okay and then I feel like you know we have some roots since our ECU days mm. um little backstory me me and Nicole Renee went to ECU East Carolina University together and we used to be like it hitting the pavement with our organizations and like we would always be the ones like in the late nights trying to get stuff done and we would have our deep philosophical talks about mm -hmm. being Black in America. The idea of Beyond the Talk podcast was planted on July 14th of this year, per Ooh, usual. She got the date. You I'm know, listening. I had to dig back into that IG uh, DM, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we were um, having another deep philosophical talk about reparations. And Nicole goes, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I was like, yes, like I've been wanting to do one. And we both wanted to have it partner style and the rest was history. Yes. And Here we, we work, we work so well together. We, we both definitely want to, I know for me, I have been wanting to do a podcast about this uh, specific topic for a long time, for maybe almost a year, but I'm a very... <laughs> If you know me, I'm kind of serious. <laughs> like, I mean, I, shit done. I've been nothing more but excited. And we've been working for nearly four months. 
this is just great in the making because we were both aligned and we both like had this idea of wanting to give people more than just another thing to complain about and like actual solutions to the issues they complain complain about because we be tired of complaining yes ready to like pull up on people and I want to like elaborate on complain. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what we mean about back. complain is it's clear what, what's wrong with um, most oppressed groups. Um, and I'm going to say most because, I mean, there are plenty of oppressed communities you may not even know about. But the thing is, at some point, you got to do something. Like mm-hmm. at some point, even if it's something small and And I want people to understand, like some people say, like, you know, they have these big dreams and, you know, goals, especially, you know, for people in their community, and they feel like they can't accomplish them because they're too big. And it's like, no, no one ever just got everything overnight. Like, do something now. So when we say complain, and, you know, it feels comforting to sit with your own community and talk about the issues you have. But it's even more powerful to put a first foot forward and do something about it. People don't realize how much power they do have. I know, I'm, I'm sure why Klaisha and I want to do this podcast because we want to like empower people. And I mean, and not even really us, the people we're going to be talking about, the people we may have on our show, like we want to talk about solutions, people who are doing stuff. And these are people who probably once felt just like you. Mm-hmm. So... yeah the anger is valid the problem is real but the solution is attainable and that's what she's getting at when we say we want to empower you because we know we know it's valid we know you're you're validated in your anger you're validated in talking about the problem you know we say complain but you know you're valid in talking about it we just want it to be followed up with solutions and steps forward other than just thinking like oh we can't do it um and the solution is the government need to do something about it it's like even in that solution even that big solution there's steps you personally can do in your own community to make sure the government does something about it Mm -hmm. and so we want to liberate listeners by providing those exact tools to be the change you mm. want to see. Yeah, so we're like hella excited. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like we're even going to be learning stuff as we go along. But it's important to yeah. have these conversations and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I guess it's good to slide to the next part about just breaking <laughs> down our segments. So what y'all actually going to get? So we gave y'all the philosophical why of it all so now we're going to get down to the segments some of the issues we're going to take on this season and what approach we will take because it's not going to be your average approach as you heard from both of our story narratives we come from backgrounds where this these things aren't talked about in our communities or if they are talked about the media is spinning them in different ways that aren't conducive Mm, so let me tell you y'all for real i'm in a newsroom that shit is being spun spun uh, it's really out there and it's not really i mean media is ran by white heterosexual men so what do you expect but uh, yeah so <laughs> but yeah so we're gonna get into our segments and our first segment is called what's happening and that's what you heard when you first what happened 
that's what you heard when you uh, first press play on today's episode. We go over current events. Um, me and Klaisha both pick a current event and we bring it to the table of the day of our recording and we just talk about it. But um, you already have a little taste of that. So let's get into our next segment, which is let's unpack. So this is sort of where we define the problem. So we, we kind of look into an issue, a problem that we're facing. It could be um, broad or, or we can narrow it down, but we want to look into it and define exactly what's going on in these uh, different communities and, you know, sort of st state how we feel and how uh, other people feel about the problem. And, and, you know, then after that, we're going to connect the dots. That's our next segment. And that's more so how did we get to this problem? How did we get here? And what led up to this problem? And that's more of a historical approach, looking down into the, the data, you know, the, the stats of it all. And that's, and that's historical data, qualitative data, quantitative data. So basically, mm -hmm. it's just we're going to look up stuff that's rooted in data and not opinions. Then we go beyond the talk. No pun intended. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then um, the beyond the talk, though, is really like solutions. So these are kind of overarching solutions, things that have been in the talks of what could fix this problem. Um, um, and of course, this is this will never be an exhaustive list. I think that's the beauty about bringing up solutions and talking about them live is that you might hear this and take that solution a totally different route or find some a totally different solution and so we welcome that like in this in this segment particular like if we have solutions and you guys like oh i was looking into this and i found this we really would love if y'all sent those over and y'all talk Ooh, about yes. that um in the comments to make it interactive and make it building because that's what that's what really it is it's about community and that collectiveness to an approach and not an individualistic lens. Like we don't really ever, we, we take an individualistic lens in a way of like what, you know, what are some individual solutions like a person that right from their home can do. But for the most part, a lot of these solutions involve working together. Together, yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we come to our last segment, which is first foot forward. And this is my favorite segment because uh, as a journalist, I I get to connect with a lot of Black people um, and just, you know, anybody who are doing solution-oriented things. And so this is the segment where we're going to highlight people who are doing the work already. And I think in the setting we're in right now, I think it's rare to find people who are doing things to alleviate problems, especially in oppressed communities. Um, so I think it's just something great. I, I admire people who do this and I'm ready to also talk to them. Sometimes we're going to have them on the podcast and we can ask mm -hmm. them any question we have because ideally I want you guys at home to be listening and taking mental notes about, mm -hmm. you know, the dreams or the goals you have and you may not be in full understanding of how to attain those things. So mm -hmm. I think this is going to be a great segment because we're going to learn about people and maybe you'll want to connect with them. Like you never know, like. Mm -hmm. That's hard work. And I think this mm -hmm. is where that empowerment piece comes from. 
from. Mm -hmm. And you get to hear from people in the trenches and you get to hear how they keep, you know, keep going, how they feel empowered. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes you can, you know, depending on where you're at and who you surround yourself with, um, sometimes you can look around and let's say out of the 10 people you connect with, maybe like two people are really out there trying to do something. And connecting with people like that we hope to have, that we will have on our show, I feel like it kind of expands that. You know, you are what you surround yourself with. You are what you listen to. Like, yes, your your mental diet is just as important. Listening to people who are out there, you know, doing the work and trying to advance these oppressed communities, it's good to listen to them. Yep, we are. And if you have those people, bring them our way. They can come yes. on the show. And we can talk about how we're doing this together and how mm -hmm. all one approach isn't the best approach, you know. Y'all can catch on by now. We rooting for everybody oppressed. Yes, at this yes. Point. We're obviously, um, well, we're two black women, um, in case someone didn't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're rooting for everyone oppressed, Um over the past couple of years for me, I've learned about a, a load of oppressions going on, not even just inside the U.S., but outside the U.S. So mm -hmm. I'm, I just have this, I guess, this general concern, like it's, you know, even how I was saying earlier about, you know, it's easy for Black people to be in solidarity with other groups. And I know that's true for me because... I, I mean, I just don't believe in oppression. I believe in humanization. I believe in humanity. I believe in all of us being able to live among each other, you know, without any issues, which I understand right. is a big ass dream. <laughs> but that that's the only race I, is the human race. <laughs> preach, but like that's um <laughs> that's what I believe. So you know, we're gonna touch on other oppressed groups, especially you know having knowledge of it we're definitely not going to talk about something we don't know about yeah and just different and how different topics kind of connect different groups like of mm. course you know as she said we're two black women you're going to get a black lens and more specifically you're going to get a black lens of slave descendants i feel like that's of, of our focus so as we dive into the issues in our next session we just wanted to give you guys that picture that it, it really is going to be from a black lens. Um, and we are going to touch on how, you know, these topics through a black lens are connected to other types of oppression and other mm -hmm. oppressed groups. Absolutely. So we're excited. We are really excited. We hope you guys are, but yeah, guys. All right. Yeah. Um, we will see you guys um, next time. Yes. Not see, but yeah. Yeah, not see, but tune in to our next episode. Peace. <laughs> the truth I happen to be most interested in has to do with the nature of oppression and how people survive it or don't. <laughs> <laughs>